Hey everyone, today is a new day and a new episode. It's also almost a new season. That's right, fall is just around the corner, and if you were like my wife at all, you've probably already decorated and or have at least been binging on all the pumpkin-flavored things that are now available. Or if you're like me, you're preparing for hunting season. That's right, opening day is September 30th this year. For those of you who reside in West Virginia, I'm pretty darn excited, and uh, yeah, if you're like me, I'm sure you are too. Anyways, let's pray. We'll jump right into the episode. Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you that we get to study your word on a regular basis. Thank you, God. I pray that today we are made more like Jesus than we were before we started. I pray that you would transform us, that you would lead us, and I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, like I said, hunting season is going to be starting soon, and I have definitely been preparing. Got the bow and the crossbow out, and I've been verifying my sights and practicing my shots and honing in my holds and releases and all that stuff. It's been a lot of fun. I love shooting. Love shooting. It's definitely a therapeutic thing for me. But one of the things that has been frustrating for me this year is how inconsistent I've been with my compound bow. Now, my crossbow is solid. Shots are going exactly where I want them to go, and I'm feeling good about it. But with my compound bow, I've been really inconsistent, and it's just just tanked my confidence with it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do is shoot at a deer and miss it, or even worse, injure it. Um, so I decided to take it to Cabela's the other day and just get it checked out. They made a lot of adjustments to it, and it was shooting much better, honestly, uh, after they addressed a few issues on the bow. I was super excited to shoot it again and definitely noticed a difference. But uh, as I got out at distance, I was starting to get inconsistent again. And, you know, I, I got closer, and but then I was inconsistent at closer distances, too. I was really, really frustrated. I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. So I figured the only thing left to change was the site. So I did some research, picked out a new site, went to Cabela's and had them put it on. And uh, as they were installing it, they put the old site on the desk where I was waiting. And I picked it up to see if I could find a model number on it, hoping to maybe, you know, sell it and recoup some cash. But as I was looking at the old site, I noticed something. It was broken. And it was broken in a way that probably with every single shot, it would move just a little bit off from where it was on the previous shot. I didn't even know it was broken. It, was, it wasn't it was like this major break or anything like that. But it was definitely enough that, and my suspicion was as I was examining it, that it threw off my accuracy and my consistency. So Cabela's finished installing the site, and uh, I left just ready to see if my suspicions were correct. When I got home, I sighted in the new site, and to my delight, my accuracy was back to where I expected it to be. In fact, it was like way better than I expected it to be. I was pumped and I'm still shooting really, really well with my compound bow. My confidence is back and I'm not worried about injuring a deer. So why do I talk about my bow sight? Well, it's not going to be a perfect analogy, but you know, stick with me. Uh, it reminded me when I was looking at it, it reminded me of the damage that unchecked sync can do. Like just like the sight being slightly broken and throwing off all my shots, Unchecked sin, regardless of how small we might think it is, it can do a lot of damage. And so what do I mean when I say unchecked sin? Well, unchecked sin is simply just sin that we've not dealt with, right? It's sin that we've either ignored, maybe because we're afraid to address it, and maybe it's sin that uh, we're just unaware of, or maybe even it's sin that, that we've accepted because we just don't want to stop doing you know, whatever it is we're doing. 
So the question is, what do we do about it? Well, the first step in putting our sin in check is uh, putting our heart in check. Um, This prayer of David is such a good prayer for all of us to pray regularly because it helps us turn our heart to the Lord and really give him permission uh, to call us out on our sins. I know it sounds weird to say, you know, I'm giving God permission, but that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, you know, take a look at my heart. Here's permission. Call me out on my sins. Um, and this is what David says in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, know my heart, God. Now, I think we should be praying that very often, um, like daily. Uh, God, just search my heart. You know me better than I know myself. I'm not hiding anything from you. Reveal to me anything that grieves you and change me by your Holy Spirit that I will be righteous before you, God. Pray something like that often. Be open to the Holy Spirit, bringing things to mind, and then just kill them before they kill you, before they ruin your life. So that's just first step right there, just heart check. Um, dealing with unchecked sins, start with your heart, take that to God, um, ask him to search. The second step is to address the sin. And we do that in a couple of different ways. Um, now, if it's sin that we've simply accepted, we need to do something a little bit differently, and we'll come back to that in a minute. But if it's sin that we are trying to get rid of, that we actually hate and are just struggling with, then our next step, step number two, is confession. We need to confess our sins to the Father, number one. First uh, John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to confess our sins to the Father, and then we need to confess our sins to another believer someone we trust and have a good relationship with. Um, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, confession accomplishes two things. You know, we always think confession is just forgiveness, but just like James says here, confession accomplishes two things. It's forgiveness and healing. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Forgiveness is that first part, uh, but healing, and I would just kind of elaborate on the word healing by calling it like a uh, progression of defeating sin, right? Healing, that would be the second part of confession. Now, it's obviously all still by the power of the Holy Spirit, but there is a practical part that we have to play in spiritual matters. So take the bowsight, for instance. Now, I could tell something was wrong. My shooting was not producing the results I was wanting or expecting, so I had to address what was causing the issue. Now, I didn't even know what it was until after, but I knew something was wrong. Um, So I took it to the people that could show me what was wrong. Um, Cabela's. Yay, Cabela's. Um, But that's why I think that that prayer of David is so important. Search my heart, O God. Search my heart, O God. Sometimes we don't even know our sins until we ask the one who does know them and can reveal them to us. Sometimes we don't even know our sins until we ask the one who does know them, who does know us and can reveal our sins to us. And then once we're aware of our sins, um, then we can confess them. And then once we've confessed them, we can go to step number three, which is repent. Repentance is simply the act of just acknowledging our sin and then changing our behavior, 
right? I've heard it stated like uh, repenting is like just doing a 180, like completely turning away from my sin and walking towards God. Um, so that's the the changing our behavior. Um, if you remember the woman caught in adultery uh, that was about to be stoned, uh, the religious leaders brought her to Jesus, and Jesus basically says to them all, you know, okay, yeah, we should stone her. She was caught in sin, but here's the deal. Let the person without sin, you can cast the first stone. The person without sin, you cast the first stone. And then he waits around. And everyone leaves because they all know they have sinned. And Jesus says to the woman after everyone's gone, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. So sin no more. Stop sinning. Quit it. Change your behavior and pursue righteousness instead. Change your behavior and pursue righteousness instead. So there's three steps, right? When we're dealing with unchecked sin. Um, Step one, check your heart. You know, ask God to search your heart and reveal to you any sins that uh, you might not even be aware of. Uh, Step two, confess your sins to the Father and to other believers as well. Step three, repent. Turn away from your sin and pursue righteousness. Okay? Check your heart, confess, repent. Now, before we kind of wrap this up, let's let's go back to the thing that I was talking about earlier because it's a little different. Um, and that thing that I was talking about earlier was sin that we've accepted. Unrepentant sin um, is what that's also called. Um, the Apostle John in First uh, John chapter 3 um, calls unre- unrepentant sin a, quote, practice of sinning. So in 1 John 3, he tells us, you know, just outright that if we have made a practice of sinning, if we've accepted our sin and don't care to repent of it, that we basically can't claim to be a Christ follower. Okay, and he says this specifically. I'm just going to read 1 John 3, verses 4 and 6. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Verse 6, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And the the him he's talking about is Jesus. Now we all, you know, we all quote unquote keep on sinning because we live in our flesh, right? We live in our physical flesh, our bodies, and we and we have to deal with that daily battle of the flesh versus the spirit. But that's not what John's really talking about here. Um, those who, quote-unquote, keep on sinning are making a practice of sinning and have accepted it without a desire to repent of it. That's who he's talking about. And those who have unrepentantly accepted their sins or have even said that it's not sin, which is another just big deal to, to have sin and claim that it's not sin, um, those who have done this, they cannot claim Christ. Um, back to the beginning of First John uh, chapter 1, verse 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him, again, he's talking about Jesus, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We lie and do not practice the truth. John basically says that if you make a practice of sinning and are unrepentant, but you claim that you are a Christ follower, you're a liar. It's like (laughs) you're a liar, or at the best, you're just very mistaken. Um, So what do you what do you do about that? Um, What do you do if you have been a Christian all your life, uh, but there's just something that you're not willing to give up? Well, I would say let's go back to the, the three steps. Step one is a heart check. And I think in pretty much all aspects of life, you can kind of go back to this one. Heart check. Start there. Heart check. What's going on with my heart? You know, answer the question, uh, do I desire Jesus more than 
fill in the blank, whatever it is, uh, whether it's uh, getting praise from other people. You know, do I have a pride issue? Um, do I desire Jesus more than having sex with or fooling around with my boyfriend or girlfriend? Do I desire Jesus more than um, getting that bonus or that raise or chasing that hustle or, you know, getting that new truck or, you know, whatever the case may be, fill in the blank, whatever it is for you, whatever that blank is, do I desire that more than Jesus? Check your heart. If the answer is yes, and you claim to be a Christian, you really need to spend some time evaluating what you think that means. Okay? Think about what it means to be a Christian. Jesus can't be Savior and not Lord. I'll say that again. Jesus cannot be Savior and not Lord. He has to be both. And if he's Lord, then there can't be anything else above him. So if the answer is yes, spend some time evaluating what you think being a Christian, being a Christ follower really means. If the answer is no, that you do not desire that fill in the blank more than Jesus, then great, that's that's awesome. Um, and if you're still struggling with it and you've never just dealt with it, then then go, you know, to the the prayer of David. You know, Lord, I desire you most of all. So search my heart, search my heart, show me any way that grieves you. And then move through the other steps. Step two, confession. You know, confess this sin or these sins to God first and then to a fellow believer next. Step three, repent. You know, turn away from that. Um, Go sin no more. Stop sinning. Otherwise, you'll end up, you know, wondering why your life is so frustrating and confusing um, because it's not producing the results you're expecting. You know, just like the the bow sight, don't let unchecked sin throw off your sights. Don't let unchecked sins throw off your sights. Check your heart, confess your sins, and repent. Pursue Jesus, pursue righteousness. Let's pray. Uh, Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart right now, God. Search my heart. Show me, uh, reveal to me anything in my heart, in my life, that does not please you. And then lead me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to play some music. Take time, pray through that prayer of David, listen to the Holy Spirit, and spend some time in confession and repentance.
All right, I'm going to close in prayer, but if you need more time, just rewind this um, or even just sit there in silence. Continue to focus your attention on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, my life is yours completely. Forgive me of all the ways that I've sinned against you. I want you more than anything else in my life. More than anything else, God. All those things, I put them down so I can so I can have you, God. I want you. I want you. In Jesus' name.